What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. The advice and opinions expressed by the host of Autism Live and her guests are meant solely as suggestion and should not be in any way construed as child-specific advice. Any choices you make in determining your child's treatment are completely at your own discretion. And welcome to Autism Live. I'm Shannon Penrod. Apologies, we got a little bit of a late start because we had some technical difficulties, but we're here. We got a big show. We're live. We got some great guests. Today is Wednesday, August 30th. Why did I think that today was the 31st? Is there not only 30 days in August? Anyway, um, I'm excited to be here with you guys, and we've even got some jargon of the day that kind of goes along with probably something that a lot of you are dealing with, which is school. Uh, but I'm excited to be here. For those of you who don't know me, I'm a very proud pony. That is a parent of a neurodiverse individual, and I know sometimes people will write in and say, oh, those aren't the right words, Shannon. I want to make it clear that those are the words that my son has given me. So for us, those are the words. I know that everybody's words are different and it's confusing sometimes, but that is the personal choice for my son that he would like from how he would like me to identify that. Neurodiverse. Uh, and if you choose neurodivergent, we welcome you to choose whatever words to describe yourself that you choose. But uh, I am a proud parent and thrilled to be a part of this community as a parent, that that is my role, and with a great understanding that um, that is a very specific role. And we always say here on the show, our mission is to provide information and inspiration to that larger autism community, which starts with individuals who are themselves on the spectrum. They are the beating heart of our community. Uh, for me, they're my why, right? Uh, why, why do all the things that I'm doing? And it's important that whenever possible uh, here on the show, we give them the mic and let them have the voice. I do want to point out that we have a show now on the Autism Network that is only individuals who are identify as being neurodivergent, neurodiverse uh, on the spectrum. So um, anyway, uh, but we also on this show, especially on Autism Live, make room not only for the individuals on the spectrum, but everyone who loves those individuals, whether that's a parent, a teacher, uh, a behavior technician, uh, a coach, uh, a grandparent, a significant other, a best friend. We make room for all of those people as well because we believe that together that there's a lot that we can do to support individuals who are on the spectrum and to be the best possible allies and accomplices, <laughs> as, as our dear friend Amy likes to tell us uh, to be, be accomplices. Uh, that's what I'd like to be. So um, 
we're live right now, and Traven has already started to show you some of the places that you can either watch the live show or that you can download the podcast. For those of you who are listening to us on podcast, and that is a lot of you, we are available as a free download wherever you get your podcast. We also have an app. You can go on to any of the app platforms and look up Autism Live, and you will find us there. Uh, I, I do want to tell you that um, right now we are live on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter, and you can be writing in on those platforms. Our video podcast for the last 13 years is available on YouTube. You can search by topic. You'll also find Ask Dr. Doreen videos there. I do want to let those of you who who are big fans of Ask Dr. Doreen, myself included, um, that it, it it is its own podcast now. It is available and you can subscribe to just Ask Dr. Doreen. Right now when you get... For those of you who have been subscribed to Autism Live in the past, you would get both of them. Very soon we're going to sunset that, so you want to make sure that you go over and subscribe to Ask Dr. Doreen as well so that you will have access to that. I think I got everything in. I do like to give the disclaimer that we have lots of experts here on the show. I'm not one of them. As I said, I identify as a parent. Um, But I, I do also like to give the asterisk... You know, I've been I've been a parent. Uh, my son is 20. He was diagnosed at two and a half. I've asked a lot of questions. I've interviewed a lot of experts, both on this show over the last 13 years and for a couple of years before that on the radio show Everyday Autism Miracles. Um, it doesn't make me an expert. I do think it makes me a little bit. Uh, a, 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 I consider myself to have an informed opinion. Let's say that. So feel free to pick my brain, but also feel free to write in questions for our experts. That's We love that. We love when you guys interact. We love when you say hi. I do want to give a program note, a couple of program notes, in fact, that um, we are live today. It's our only live show this week. We're getting ready for the holiday weekend, and uh, Traven will be off next week, so we won't be doing live shows next week. We actually will be coming back the with Ask Dr. Doreen a week from Tuesday. That, that'll that be the next live show that we do. Every show has to take a little bit of a hiatus. We have to give Traven a break. You know what I'm saying? So, um, you know, we'll, we'll have things for you in the interim, but um, we will be back live. I think, is that the 8th? I think that that's the date that we'll be back, September 8th. So um, I might have that date wrong. Whatever that Tuesday is, we'll be back with Ask Dr. Doreen. I also want to tell you that there is a lot going on right now because those of you who know, the 12th. Thank you so much, Traven. Uh, I am not only geographically challenged, but I'm calendar challenged as well because it's math, and math is not my thing. Um, at, don't ask me to memorize a phone number, but, you know, ask me to memorize that poem and I can get that done for you. <laughs> Numbers in and out, right? Uh, but in any case, uh, a lot has been going on over here. I, I want to be a, a completely transparent. That's the word that I want to give. That Dr. Grampiche, uh, along with her partner, um, Sangam Pant, they repurchased in bankruptcy, the the larger part of CARD, the Center for Autism and Related Disorders. As many of you know, Dr. Grampiche founded CARD, and then she sold it in 2018. Um, 
She has not been a part of what's been happening at CARD the last couple of years. But then she was notified in June that they were filing bankruptcy and was asked if she wanted to be one of the people bidding. She did enter a bidding war and won most of CARD back. Um, so she is very kind of busy with that. And I have additionally taken on the role of Director of Parent Relations for CARD. It's not going to change things over here. We're still going to be doing the show, but I do want to be transparent that, that I am, you know, also in that role as well because I feel like it's important to be honest about that. So uh, we've been busy as hey, nani nani is what I want to say. But it's been so great, and I, oh, my gosh, it is such a privilege to be able to connect with families and to be able to connect with people who only have good in their heart and want to help families and help the individuals on the spectrum that they serve really does something sparkly to me that makes me super duper happy. It gives me so much hope for everybody that's out there. I know that it's been hard the last couple of years, especially with the pandemic and there is a work shortage, but I'm telling you, I'm meeting some amazing people. I believe that amazing things can happen, and that's why I'm all in. Uh, So that. um, There was something else I was going to tell you, too. Oh, I know. Uh, The charity that Dr. Grampy-Shea started is called Autism Care Today. We talk about them from time to time on the show because I'm their biggest fan. They raise money to give grants to families to be able to help them with what the family asks for. I love this about ACT. They don't say, well, you know, we're giving out iPads, so we're assuming that you all need an iPad. Hey, a lot of people do need iPads, but not everyone. For somebody else, they might already have an iPad, but their child is eloping into the street and they need a fence. I love that when ACT has open grant phases that you can write in and ask Uh, for what you need. I also love that it's a very reputable 501c3 company that um, they don't pay families directly, they pay vendors. So if somebody is asking for a fence um, and their grant is uh, granted, I don't know what the other word for that is, it's approved, then the check goes to the fencing company so that we make sure that it's actually going to the thing that somebody said that they needed, because that's when you know somebody really needs it. So uh, they do fundraisers throughout the year, but the, their big one is their All Ghouls Gala. It's happening on October 28th in Woodland Hills. It is a star-studded event, you guys. I am so personally excited. We do give out Lending Your Voice Awards at the event, and I can tell you the first three recipients. Uh, I'm not giving away who the fourth one is, so, you know, make of that what you will. Uh, But the Lending Your Voice Award is given to a person or an entity uh, or, you know, an artwork um, that, because last year we gave one to a movie, um, that has helped to elevate the voices of those on the spectrum. And I I just feel that the three people that we've already announced really embody this, and they're so deserving of this award. So the first one, Dr. Temple Grandin. Hello. (laughs) She will be there at the event. This is an adult Halloween party, and and, uh, Dr. Grandin will be there. That is so exciting to me. Uh, Joe Montaigne, who, my goodness, he has been such an outspoken advocate for individuals on the spectrum. Wonderful. And Areva Martin, who uh, has also been an outspoken advocate and tireless. I would like to have a tenth of her energy, I'm just saying. So all three of those people will receive awards, and there will be a fourth, but I cannot tell you who. So um, in any case, the tickets are now on sale, and we do have a video to show you. Is that able to be played, Traven? 
Okay, so we're going to get to that in just a second. I do want to say I've been asking you guys when you watch the video, I'm, I'm dying to know, I want you guys to vote for who you think is in the clown mask. Uh, and nobody has guessed yet. Nobody has guessed. So it, it is somebody that you know and see on the show regularly. So I want to know if you can guess. Um, but I, I also want to say that the tickets for the event they're nowhere near as expensive as most events like this are. This is a, a, a free um, food and alcohol party that, you know, it's open bar. Um, and the tickets are $125. In Los Angeles with celebrities there, I mean, you know, I know that for a lot of us that's like a lot of money. But as those things go, it isn't. Um, so... Uh, but I do have a couple of spots for volunteers. If somebody's in the Los Angeles area and they're like, I'd like to come, but 125 you know, I really need to put that money towards my kiddo. I understand that. But if you say, you know, Shannon, I, I could use some volunteers. If you, if you really want to volunteer, then you would let me know. Uh, but tickets are on sale right now on Eventbrite, and you can uh, go to Eventbrite, look for All Ghouls Gala. You want to make sure that you get the second one. Uh, the other day, I kind of messed up and ended up in last year's event, and it was already over. If you go there, you'll see <laughs> wonderful videos. If you go to either site, you'll see wonderful videos and pictures of last year. It was, I think, the most amazing party that I've ever been to. Uh, and I've been to some amazing parties, but it was it was full-on crazy. Everybody just... And I think part of it that added to it was that for a lot of us in Los Angeles, it was the first big event post-COVID. It was outdoors and um, it was like a reunion of so many people. I loved, I so loved, 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 loved how many actors that identify as being on the spectrum that we had on the red carpet. I've never seen that before or since at an event. Made me super duper happy. Um, I'm hoping to see that again this year that they'll come out for this. But we also had other big celebrities. So let's take a look at um, this promo video and see if you can guess who it is in the clown mask. Hey, it's code orange, babies. You know what that means? It's time to save the date for the second annual Ghouls Gala. It's a ghoulishly good time. Adults only! Sorry, kiddies. It's all happening on October 28th in Woodland Hills, California. They're raising money for autism care today. So you'd better be there. I'd hate to have to come looking for Tickets go on sale in just a couple of weeks. You want to be watching, because it will sell out. So tickets are on sale now. You can go, I know it said they're coming on sale, but they are on sale now. Um, you can go to Eventbrite, the same address that it showed there, and you can purchase tickets. We do expect because of the relatively low ticket price that it's going to sell out and that it will sell out well in advance of the event. So if you want to go, it really is a thing where we won't be lowering the ticket price. That's Everybody says to me, are you kidding me? That's like, so for an open bar and food... Um, you know, it's a, it's a fairly decent price for, you know, I know that it's expensive. I want to be sensitive to the fact that that is expensive, but 
relative to these events, how much, usually that's like 350, 400, even higher than that. So um, the, we think it'll sell out, so don't wait if you want to come. I know sometimes I'm like, well, I'll get that later, and you know, uh, sometimes I lose out. Okay, so uh, we got two amazing guests for you today, and we have a jargon coming up. I, I just want to tell you that Harry James O'Kelly is going to be joining us in a little while, talking about O'Kelly's Heroes and a film that they have got out right now that's just killing it in all the festivals. So we're going to talk with her, and there is a rumor that her husband might be joining us, so we'll look forward to that, if that is true. And, and then later in the show, we're going to show you an interview that we taped last week with Robin A. Williams, a.k.a. Fairy Queen Flutterby. She's been on the show before, but it's been a minute. Uh, and she's going to be talking about her new podcast, um, which is Brilliance on the Spectrum. So we'll see that in a little while. But first, we want to get to jargon of the day, because this is when we take on one word, one phrase, one acronym. We try to figure out what in the hey, nani, nani are those experts talking about? What do they mean? Why do we have to have these terms? Like, if they're not going to serve us, why do I have to learn it? That's always my question. Like, I don't want to know about it unless it's going to serve me, which is why I only give you jargon terms that I believe will serve you. It's back to school time. Some of you went back to school a couple weeks ago. Some of you went back this week. And some of you on the East Coast are going back next week. But no matter how you slice, dice, or julienne it, it's back to school time. So I thought it was important that we talk about this term because if you have a kiddo on the spectrum, this is the term you need to understand backwards, forward, and sideways. They say FAPE. Um, you know, people refer to that all the time. We're giving you an offer of FAPE. We're, you know, this is your FAPE offer, all kinds of configurations like that. So let's take a look at our actual definition of what FAPE is. Sometimes I make fun of that. I'm not going to do that today because this is serious business. FAPE stands for Free Appropriate Public Education. It's a term frequently referred to in IEPs. If you don't know, an IEP is the Individual Education Program or Plan that is um, for people with a qualifying diagnosis, and autism is a qualifying diagnosis. So what does that all mean? Let's take a look at what our working definition is, and then let's start to pare this down so that we understand why this is going to be important to you if you have a school-aged child. Uh, so our working definition of FAPE is that it is what, it, what your child is legally entitled to in the United States. So if you have a child who's on the spectrum, you should be asking the school for an IEP meeting, at which point a group of people will convene. You have to be invited. They cannot have the meeting without inviting you to it. If you refuse to come to the meeting, they will hold it without you. Um, but if you say, I cannot come at that time, I would like a different time, they have to try to accommodate you because you are a part of the IEP team. And what the IEP team decides is what is FAPE for this individual child? What is a free, appropriate public education look like for this child? And that gets written in the IEP, and that becomes the legal document of what your child is completely going to get. It will, If you have an IEP as opposed to a 504 plan, it will have services and things and the amount of time that has to be rendered for those services and who is going to be doing that and who they'll report to, all of these things, and it is legal. It is legally enforceable, and if it is not being carried out, you can say that they are in non-compliance with the IEP and you have been denied FAPE. 
And that is actionable. People win cases all the time, and sometimes they win money. It's not about that. It's not about catching the school and suing them and getting money because that's, that's, I think if you talk to any autism parent, they're like, no, but I'd like for my child to be treated safely and, and fairly in school and educated, right? And that is what it's supposed to ensure. But there is a whole legal path if it's not happening. So it's very important when you sit down to uh, be at an IEP that we chart a course to determine the free, what is a free appropriate public education for this individual child. Here's the thing. I think we all understand what free is, right? I don't think that we need to belabor that because free means it's no cost to you. Although recently I've been hearing people telling me that school wants to charge them for things like speech and OT. No. If your child qualifies for those services, you don't have a copay, you don't pay for that because that's what free means. And don't let them, you know, mess around with you on that. Uh, I think we know what public means, that it's in a public school. And I, I, you know, education, that has come under a great deal of scrutiny um, ever since a couple of years ago, the um, Supreme Court, excuse me, Supreme Court ruled that de minimis is not education. Parking them in a classroom and not educating them is not education. This seems like a duh to me, but it's nice to have the Supreme Court back that up. Um, And that has been very helpful to many parents because some people want to just park our kids in a classroom and say they're not not teachable, which is completely false and makes me want to tear what little hair I have off and run screaming through the streets. They're, uh, individuals on the spectrum absolutely are teachable and can learn and do and often have higher intelligence than those of us who are not neurodiverse. You know what I'm saying? So let's, you know, when people say really ignorant things like that, let's make sure that we tell them how ignorant they are, right? So the word that often, though, is the biggest bone of contention is what is appropriate. That A word is what is appropriate. And I really want to drill down on this for a minute because I know a lot of you are going into IEP meetings or discussions with the school or teachers or whatever because you're back to school. So one of the best things that I can tell you is um, it's sad um, that the word is not best right? That your, your, ta- your child is not entitled to the best education, right? That's not a word that's in this, but they are entitled to an appropriate education for them. So um, I, I want to be clear that for me, when I found this out, um, I was told, don't use the word, well, we want to do what's best ever in an IEP because that's certain you know, they know they're dealing with somebody who doesn't know, and it's something that lawyers can say, oh, see, they're fighting for something because they don't want to pay for it. So what you want to do is throw the word appropriate around any chance you get. They offer you something, you say, and why do you think that that's appropriate? You know, um, can you demonstrate to me, have you done testing? How did you determine that that is what's appropriate? And when you ask for things, you say, we think it's appropriate that that our child get this, that, or whatever. You just, on that word, appropriate. Just bang, bang, bang on it, right? Um, and you try to avoid at all costs saying best. I know that kind of breaks your heart as a parent, but here's the fun thing, is that when I heard this, I got all, I got very teary-eyed about the whole thing, but I, I, I love dictionaries. 
<laughs> I used to have a collection of di- dictionaries, uh, different addic- uh, uh, editions of dictionaries. And now there are all these different dictionaries online and you can look up a word and keep looking until you find the definition that you like. And I found in a, dic- a dictionary, because there's lots of different definitions for appropriate. And the one that I found that I liked that I used all the time was the one that said something is appropriate when it's effective. Oh, I like that word. I like that word a lot. And so I would, I would say appropriate and I would say, and I would, and by the way, you're recording all these meetings. So I would drill down on that and I would say, well, we want to do what's appropriate for him, which is reasonable, right? And anybody who doesn't want to do what's appropriate is not within the legal bounds of what's supposed to happen. So hop to, to them, right? But also I would say to them, and, you know, as, and I don't remember which dictionary it was, I would say, and as Miriam Webster says, when something is appropriate, we know it's appropriate because it's effective. So how is what you have put here on this piece of paper that you want him to do, how is that effective? Um, and put them on the spot because a lot of times I'm a former teacher I love teachers. Um, There are a lot of people that do not understand the legal ins and outs of IEPs, don't know how to write them. Um, There's a lot of people in over their heads, and so they will cookie-cutter things. And our kids, the whole purpose of an IEP is that it's not cookie-cutter. You know what I'm saying? So when you challenge them on that, they've made a recommendation, and they don't have a basis for it. They didn't do any uh, big research. They didn't sit with your child. They didn't do testing. Sometimes. Sometimes they have, right? But it's never bad to say to somebody, if you're talking to someone who has their ducks in a row and is a good professional and did sit with your child and had a a conscious plan of what would be appropriate for them, and if you say, tell me about why you think that's appropriate and why you think this this road is effective, they're going to love that question. They're not going to get upset about it and they're going to go, Great question. Let me tell you. So we saw this and we saw this and we know this and da 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 and this is why we think this will work. And they're going to love the question. It's only when people get fatutzed about it that you know, ah, I'm dealing with a hack here, somebody who doesn't really know why they recommended this. And we want to make sure that we're not just doing things because somebody who doesn't know what they're doing put it on a piece of paper. So you really want to get that free, appropriate public education. Feel free to ask questions. Feel free to ask, why is this appropriate? Why, why do you believe this will be effective? Feel free to say, on our side, we think that this is what would be appropriate. We think this is what would be effective. Especially when you're arguing for an aid in classroom, this is really important. Um, and the law supports that if your child with supports can be in a, uh, a, le- a less restrictive environment, then they have a right to that support. I know I've said a lot, but FAPE, it's an amazing thing. It's a tool for you to use to get the best possible outcome from the school because it's appropriate, which is effective. Yeah, we love that. Okay, Uh, we're running a little bit late here, so I want to get guests in here. Our first guest, and I'm not sure guests, uh, (laughs) but Harry James O'Kelly, and we might be having her husband as well. I'm going to see when we get in. Uh, And uh, they were on the show. It's funny, both of our guests were on the show probably 10 years ago, each of them. So we want to welcome Harry in and have her tell a little bit about her story, but most especially, we're going to ask her to tell us about what the O'Kelly Legends 2E behind the scenes film is about, 
where you can check it out, what the festivals have been saying about it, and why you might be interested. So have we got Harry. Let's welcome Harry into the show. And maybe her husband. Do we have her? Are you there? I can hear you. I cannot see you. Uh oh. How, how are you? I'm here. Do we have her video feed, Traven? He's nodding his head. So I think we're going to see. In the meantime, I can hear you, uh, Harry. So talk to us a little bit about, you've got this film that's out, and oh my goodness, the festivals are eating it up. Um, You've got lots of laurels on your... uh, your... On my poster, yeah. Yes. (laughs) Well, that's a good sign. I mean, I'm always uh, intrigued by that. Um, so uh, very First of all, thanks for inviting us back to the show. Here I am. Yeah, oh, thanks so for inviting us back again. to the show. No, it's great it's, to have you. Sometimes I forget like how much time years. has gone by. I can't by. believe it. Has, has it been 10 years? It feels like it's, it's been, been three and a half years. I can't believe oh, it. Okay, and only three and a half years. That when we were exactly. on the show before, we had just filmed the show, you know, we had just filmed the documentary and we hadn't even started cutting it or doing anything and it's so great to be back well look at you now you've got a film out you've got screenings you've got festival laurels tell us about the film and especially tell us where people can watch it because it's been such an exciting journey i can't even tell you and i just you're so supportive and I think back at that interview when we were just getting started and we had Terry Hart on the show with you and it was like such great energy. And then we just continued from there. And so we had the film covers uh, my son who is autistic and also gifted. And it was his journey of making a monologue show fundraiser for this organization, SENG, Sang that is supporting the emotional needs of the gifted, but that also covers twice exceptional kiddos. For people who don't know what twice exceptional is, Harry, can you tell us? I would love to talk about twice exceptional because you were just talking about FAPE and how important FAPE is and really making sure that you're getting what your child needs to really thrive, not just survive. And for our kids, they were diagnosed with autism first, and we did not realize that they were gifted until later. Mm. And so what they were getting in their FAPE really wasn't covering what they needed. And it's so important. So twice exceptional is when you have a, um, a child or an individual that has a disability, a difference, but also has a gift. And that gift can be intelligence. It can be dance, it can be many things. So it's, and a lot of autistic people or individuals are, are twice exceptional. And especially if you're looking at someone that used, you know, they used to call it Asperger's, um, those would be twice exceptional children as well. So it's when you have a gift and you also have a difference. And our film covers what twice exceptional is. So if you know anyone out there that really is looking for wanting to understand more about what TUI is, what Twice Exceptional is. Our film is a great, it's just like a PSA about Twice Exceptional kiddos and what it's all about. And it's set in the the structure of learning about how to put on uh, a monologue show. 
So we follow my son who was 13 at the time, almost 14, and his sisters who were 12 that actually produced the, the monologue show. And we bring in all of these mentors to help them. Because um, what we found was um, the autistic spectrum is a big umbrella. And our son struggled with dysgraphia and face blindness. Mm. And these were two, you know, things that were really not supported under his fate because they weren't really diagnosed at the time. So he was getting services. We did have an aid. But it's so important to really figure out what exactly under that autism umbrella do your, do your kids need to be successful. And so I hope you'll look at this film. It's so fun. We have, we have, we edited the film. We didn't think it was going to get into any festivals at all. Um, but we just stuck with it. It got into the first festival that we submitted it to, and then it proceeded to get into 20 more festivals it's won awards and probably half of those or more. It's been an amazing journey where the kids have gotten out there, done the, the Q and A's after gotten to meet families that were also twice exceptional or on the spectrum. And it's just been this amazing journey for us. So it's available now for free on Tubi. It's on Amazon prime. It's available on InfoBase if you know any schools that would like to license the film so that they can show it over and over and everyone can view it for free or teachers or professors can talk about it. So it's out there. And we just were picked up by, I think, two or three more platforms. And we're really excited because Ovation, the Ovation channel, is interested in, in also buying our film. So it's just exciting that we're getting you know, we're just getting so much um, support. It's just been amazing. That is amazing. And congratulations. And I, you know, what I know of you is that you're not letting any moss grow on you (laughs) anywhere. You continue on with other things. And I think one of the reasons why we connected so much before is that I think, you know, both of us are of the belief system that, you know, the arts and in particular, you know, whether it's it's live or film um, are really, really critical, both to our society in general, but for individuals who are on the spectrum. You know, I was just on the phone with a mom yesterday and um, she was asking me advice about, you know, that her eight, what what is what would be good for her eight year old right now. And I said, well, I have to say, you know, some acting classes, some improv classes. And I, I should have mentioned some mime classes because, uh, you guys have a whole program. You mentioned Terry, talk to us a little bit about mime as therapy and what you are seeing when you have people on the spectrum participating in this art form. Well, mime as therapy, um, was something that just was organic. And a lot of the things that we do here at the O'Kelly lab is organic. It's, it's basically a mom and I'm following their leads and looking at what they're interested in and then kind of following from there into some kind of intervention. And that's what happened with my therapy. And we were fortunate enough to, if you watch the other episode, we were fortunate enough to have a parent that knew about mime and my son was watching mimes and on, on the internet. And we didn't understand why at that point, and for that mom that, that did call you, and for all the moms that are listening right now, I just want to say, my, ki- my son just turned 18, and this is a long journey 
but they do get better. Yeah. They do get better. And if you had told me when my son was eight and was starting to look at mimes on the computer that he would eventually go into a strength-based model school and completely radically accelerate and then skip high school completely and go into college at 14, I would not have believed that was even possible. Yeah. So I was listening to what Shannon was saying about your FAPE and about really getting what your kids need with your FAPE. It's, it's something that we really need to be aware of and fight for because you never know what your kid is capable of. And I am a mom sitting here telling you, I had no idea what my kids were capable of. And so you really need to follow their interests and support their differences. And you'll, you'll keep being surprised by where they go. And my mystherapy was one of those things that we just did. Um, My son could not read facial cues. He could not recognize kids. So of course he was having trouble making friends and we we did instead of improv to start we did stand up which was something they were interested in yeah and stand up was great because it taught them how to have a point of view and a sense of humor in us and also how to write the the process of writing jokes really gives you a point of view because it's a point of view and emotion together so doing stand up was really helpful and then we moved into mime because Improv was a little bit of a jump for our kids at that point. And with mime, it breaks things down and it helps with sequencing. It helps with executive function because you have to think it first, which is something that a lot of our kids have trouble with vision, like what's going to happen next. And so mime, you really have to think it first and see it in front of you. And so by breaking things down into those little details, you could then build the big picture. And I know there are kids that are the opposite. They're big picture kids and they miss the details. Mime helps with that as well. So we just found that Mime was a great intervention. And right before COVID, we decided, we had talked about doing it on the show. And right before COVID, we finally got around to creating a series of Mime exercises because everyone in COVID was locked into the screens and they were not getting any kind of movement. So Terry and I got together and I directed him in a series of 10 different exercises that are available online. They're um, available through our website or on Vimeo. They're very, very, very affordable. You can buy just an exercise. You can buy the whole series. I think the whole series is like $39 and you can watch it over and over and over again. And we did it where you could buy the whole series or you could just buy one because some kids might not want to do a butterfly. They might want to do opening a door, but not a butterfly. So we wanted to really make it sensitive to the needs of our population. So you can go to the O'Kelly Lab website and check out Matt Mind Breaks and try those. So what? tell us what, and I think Traven's got it to put up on the screen, but for people listening, uh, what is the O'Kelly uh, website? The O'Kelly website, I think it's um, theokellylab.com. Okay should be, I think that's how you can find it. The O'Kelly lab.com. Yes, okay. that's it. Wonderful. And, um, I know you, you guys have, uh, a, a festival coming up on October 23rd, correct? Where the, the two E behind the scenes is going to be playing. Is that right? Oh, I don't, 
think so. Oh, I don't. Th- I thought I saw on your website that there was, and of course I can't read uh, the awareness oh, maybe festival. I don't know. We'll go oh, no, to the okay. website. That was our first. That was our first festival that we did. Oh, so was that um, last yeah. year that so I was we probably, Yeah, that was the first festival that the film did before we, we, that was our first festival. It was awesome. It was really a great festival, the awareness festival. And that's probably coming up again in October. There we but go. that was the first festival that the O'Kelly um, Legends was at. It was so exciting. And it was at LA Live and it was just awesome. Amazing. And that started our whole journey. Um, and we did a year, so we did a year of festivals and Q and A's, and then we moved on to doing conferences. Um, and Jordan, all three of my kids are advocates now for, um, for two, their two advocates are autism advocates, neurodiversity, I guess. Jordan, I know is speaking at, he's speaking on a panel coming up with the Stanford neurodiversity project in October. I think it's October 3rd. He'll be there. And then he also did a post right before COVID called Two E Like Me, which where he talks about taking pain-free math notes. He was starting to work with kids that were younger and empower them into breaking through their, you know, challenges with dysgraphia. And then COVID hit and he wanted to do something. So he created this post and it's got probably over a thousand views. Amazing. And it's helped so many kids. So I highly recommend if you've got a kid that's struggling with dysgraphia and, and neurodiverse, check out Two E Like Me with Jordan O'Kelly. There we and go. he's gone on to do other conferences and he really gets out there and talks about his neurodiversity journey. Amazing. Well, the tree doesn't fall far from the, the, the <laughs> apple doesn't fall far from the fruit. I don't know. You know what I'm trying to say. It doesn't fall far from the tree. And obviously you, you guys, I mean, you move and shake, Harry. I'm always impressed with everything that you're up to. So oh, I we, feel the same way about you, Shannon. Oh, you're such so a great sweet. mentor and such a great visionary for all of us out there, all us moms. Oh, that is too kind. And it's always amazing when I hear about what you're doing. So Oh, I appreciate you know, it. But, you know, I hope people will check out. I love that. empowered without, without mentors like you. So, Oh, that is so sweet. But I, I love that not only are you doing things here in the Los Angeles area, but you've made the, the, the mime therapy, Matt mime therapy available for everybody so that they can do it at home. That's really, really amazing. Um, so people need to go to your website and check that out. And I hope that you get a distribution deal. But in the meantime, uh, you know, I want to encourage people check out this lovely film. Uh, you mentioned that they can watch it on Tubi and that they can purchase it on Amazon. So check it out, you guys. Harry, thank you so much. And thank everybody in your family for all the work that you do. Oh, thanks for having us on. It's great to be back. It's great to have you back. All right. You take care. You too. All right. Bye-bye. We are going to, um, it's lovely to talk with her. I've still got her, but I'm, I'm going to say nice things about you now, Harry. Uh, lovely to talk with her. I, I love it when a mom just, and, and dads too, I don't mean to make it just moms, but I love it when a parent says, you know, the program that you have isn't going to fit my kid and so I'm going to make a program. And if you look around, like all the good programs were started that way. Um, the power of one, power of one parent who says, I'm going to make it work for my kid. I'm going to 
you know, take their interests and, and then other people get to benefit from it. It's really amazing. So uh, we're going to go now to a recorded interview that we did with Robin Williams. It's Robin A. Williams, the other Robin Williams. She is AKA Fairy Queen Flutterby. The last time that she was on the show, which was 10 years ago, she was on as Fairy Queen Flutterby. Now she is on as the host of the about-to-be-launched podcast, Brilliance on the Spectrum. So let's take a look at what Robin had to tell us. Good morning, all of you. I've got a wonderful guest joining us right now, Robin A. Williams, otherwise known as Fairy Queen Flutterby, is joining us. Uh, It is notable to say that this is not her first time on the show. It is just her first time this decade. And previously, when she was on the show, she was on as her alter ego, uh, Fairy Queen Flutterby. So Robin... Thank you so much for joining us again. We're so excited to hear what you're up to now. Wow. Oh, my gosh. Are you sure? That's kind of a loaded question. (laughs) Well, you've got a lot going on. I I, I really do. So, you know, as as I am evolving again, you know, um, when you interviewed me the first time, I had just kind of come out of a a long run of empty nest and my career of 38 years had ended as a massage and PT therapist and then someone said, hey, isn't your nickname Flutterby? And uh, didn't you write some books as a little girl? And you're a great storyteller. Stop being depressed and go be a storyteller. And I started advocating for ASD and got my own formal diagnosis of Asperger's syndrome. And uh, and it took off and it was exciting. I was traveling the globe and I love to tell people my, my tag is um, teaching through the art of storytelling. No matter the challenge, you too can be a big hero. You know, got to do the fairy voice. And it was a wonderful career. Five countries, 18 states, got my book in 42 countries that I wrote as a little girl at seven. And then something happened. And then COVID blew up my career. (laughs) And we were like, we were slated to go to so many places. It was so, it was devastating. It was a real devastating blow. So I had to pivot and figure it out. I've always done journalism and writing, so I started working for a small um, paper where I moved here um, in North County, San Diego, and it was going pretty well. And then something else happens, and that blew up. (laughs) Who who stops doing social media after you build them 27,000 followers? I don't know. Anyway, the fact (laughs) of the matter is social media was evil all of a sudden to the same person that loved that I got all that people. But So long story short, I had to take on some bread and butter jobs that were very much out of my comfort zone. But in doing these jobs, I learned basically the most underserved people. They're they're considered throwaways, and it's really sad. Um, And I was a coach for a program, and it was really hard. It's kind of like when you're scared of a dog and a dog knows you're scared, so they're going to bite you. Well, if you have any fear with these people, you're kind of, it's like wearing a red flag. You know, they're, they're definitely going to test you. And I was trying to be a program director there and they weren't quite ready for program directing. So they convinced me to be a coach and it's a three-on-one and one-on-one kind of situation. So you can imagine by that number, how extreme these people are. Well, it didn't work for me. I tried really hard. Um, I fell in love with many of my uh, clients, but unfortunately it was a little much, maybe if I was 30, but now I'm almost 60. So then it led me to kind of refocusing, what should I, what do I really need to be doing? 
well, now that I've learned about all these other things going on in the world, I need to focus on getting brilliance on the spectrum out there, just like you, being able to support myself and bring in other kinds of awareness, which can bring in funding for places like this center that I was working for. So now I have this whole new drive to try to come up with those dollars because every time I'd go to my employers and the directors and and the people there that was running it, they'd always do this. It was always a lack of that. We have to say, as I got to interrupt you for just a second, because you, uh, you know, they always say, don't ever do something with animals and children because they will upstage you. You have a wonderful uh, dog behind you who is trying very desperately. To oh my gosh, you. I'm not even aware. Should I go move him <laughs> no, out of the way? No, no, no. He's fine, but we have to acknowledge it. Um, he didn't sign a, a release form, but uh, he's fine. Um, <laughs> Did you see his big, beautiful yes, you know, cone we, of shame? We have seen Poor baby. He got shame. hit by a coyote in the butt. <laughs> oh no. And we've also heard his cone of shame. Uh, so we just have to acknowledge what the sound is. If you guys that are listening in podcasts are hearing something, um, the dog is just being very much a dog and trying to steal Robin's uh, glory. Thunder. Yes, her thunder and let her me, glory. Let me take away that toy, may I, just real quickly, because he is definitely going to Sure. Uh, it's kind of hilarious, but I just didn't, I wanted you to know, and I wanted people who are listening to know, it sounds like every once in a while that I'm going to turn this because I'm only dressed on the top side. <laughs> Well, and I'm in my bedroom slippers, so there we're all equal and even. I'm, I'm all I'm all business on top, and I'm a slumber party on the bottom. There we go. It's all it's all good. <laughs> I assure you. But so the anyway, baby's having me. fun with his uh, his new bones, so you know he's probably I mean, had deserved. You have to, to let him. Yeah, you have to let him. But uh, but we wanted people to know that it would not to adjust their audio that there is uh, there is a wonderful fluffy in the background a stealing focus. So let's get really, cause this podcast it's you're you're about to launch it and it's going to be something that everybody's going to want to listen to because you, you've got an incredible lineup of people. I know that you've already interviewed. I don't know why I'm included in them because I don't oh, belong in now. the illustrious group that you've got. No, no, no. Talk a little bit about some of the guests that you, you've already recorded with, because when you launch, you, you've already got a library of videos. So it, is, it is exciting. So that's what we've been doing. We've been doing interviews and building up. As a matter of fact, tomorrow's interview is with Isaac C. Singleton Jr., who has been on Deadpool and Pirates of the Caribbean, over, over 200 movies. He's amazing. He was amazing. our spokesperson for my charity before uh, COVID destroyed that. And then Ayla Fox, who is the Fairy Queen Flutter by version in Steampunk. Lily Flutter by Winger, who did my Comic-Con appearances and all that kind of stuff and toured with me all over the world. She's amazing. So I get to interview them tomorrow and talk about the work they do for um, my charity and other charities um, in autism as uh, cosplayers. So that's very exciting. And then I've got to interview, of course, I've got to interview you, which is so exciting because, you know, you were my first big interview and, and it was really nice to have you on that roster. And then we've got George Steves. And he's a brilliant actor and yeah. producer. And we've got Danny Bowman of Danimation, who I got to meet before she became Danimation. Right. And I mean, she's just always been this spunky, quirky little, you know, girl. And then she's just grown into this beautiful entrepreneurial woman. And uh, and she doesn't let her ASD slow her down one bit. No. Um, you have to follow her on Instagram. She does the funnest videos. And then we've got Joey Travolta of Inclusion Films and John Paez of uh, Performing Studio Studio Arts West. I want to get that right. And um, uh, uh, many other people. 
Amazing, amazing. Can I tell you a quick, funny Danny uh, Bowman story? So we went last week, my son and I, we went to Las Vegas. I don't know if you've ever heard of Meow Wolf. Have you heard of this? What, say it one more time. Meow Wolf. No, I have. That's not so, one yet. A group of artists, in, first in New Mexico, got together and they took over a bowling alley and they created this artist experience where it feels like you're walking into a home, but you open up the refrigerator and it's a portal to another world, that, like you know, almost like an underworld that you get to go to. So, and it was so popular that now they've opened different ones all over the country. And in Las Vegas, they have one that's called Omega Mart, and it's a, a grocery store. Oh. But but it's a weird grocery store and you go in and there are nine portals to get to these other worlds. It's crazy. It's the best thing ever. But we went there to, inter- they're very autism friendly. They're all autism uh, accredited and trained. Every employee has oh been trained God. how to deal with sensory issues. So we went there to interview them and to find oh. out about this amazing place. Sure. And we're walking around. We've just interviewed the the people that are running it. And there's a display of fruit and in the fruit, there's a cutout where someone can stick their head out for a picture. And who's in the cutout but Danny Bowman? Oh, my God. I love <laughs> and I And I thought I was having an out-of-body experience. She has not- arrived. Because we're not home. We're not in Los Angeles. We're in Las right. Vegas. And I stood there and I was like, is that Danny Bowman? And I said it a little too loud. And she looked up and she was like, Shannon, what are you doing here? And I said, what are you doing here? And then Rachel Barcelona walked up (laughs) and I I said, what is happening right now? It's a small world. Well, they were in town because Rachel is vying for Miss America this week. By the time this airs, we'll, we'll know what has happened. But so Rachel went to, to, cause she's Miss Florida and, um, and Danny, their best friend. So Danny went to support her, but it was just the craziest thing. We also saw Dee Snyder. I saw her videos they were making together. They were super sweet. I just love Danny. She's wonderful. Yes. Uh, And Dee Snyder was there too of Quiet Riot. But other than that, you know, uh, we didn't know anyone. (laughs) Well, you knew that you you knew the most important people. Well, and the fact that her head was sticking out of a wall of uh, fruits and vegetables. That's hilarious. It was really surreal, that as is. was everything else at Meow Wolf. Oh, you okay. got to go if you have the I opportunity. Will, for Vegas, period. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It was very, yes. Uh, it was very, very bizarre. But anyway, we love. So now, when do you think you're going to launch this podcast? Well, okay. So my producer, who I'm, I'm so thrilled. Um, I had met some people and at the studio and just, he was just introduced to me kind of like accidentally. And I don't know what I did to impress him or whatever, but I had talked about this show that I would love to do, which is the one, what we're doing right now. And he, um, contacts me, he got my information and he contacts me a couple weeks later and he goes, Hey, how's it going with that show idea of yours? I said, well, I actually just acquired the name and we're, you know, going to have a website and all these kinds of things. And well, what's your idea? And I said, well, what, what brilliance on the spectrum to me means it's giving a megaphone and shining a bright light on all things positive for autism and underserved. So anybody that's got innovative programming and creativity and, and, um, you know, and they have a good heart and they're just trying to do good, trying to add to the quality of life of this demographic. And I want to make sure that they have a platform. Now we have so many podcasts and platforms and all that, 
but I think brilliance on the spectrum is just the name of it itself. It just kind of says it all, right? Yes. Let's get all those people that are up and coming and that are brilliant and innovative and creative doing positive things for our autism demographic and our underserved. I and so, so that's the thing. So Steve Casarino says, okay, I want to be your producer. And I'm like, what? <laughs> he's <laughs> wonderful. Now he's Chef Rock. Chef Rock's been all over the world. He started off and I think he was in Hawaii for a long time cooking. He does cooking. He's on channel 10 here locally. Um, it's just, oh, he, he's a hero of mine. He went to Ukraine and was, was uh, cooking in the kitchen with um, uh, Chef Andres for the world kitchen when they, when wow. people were starting to cross over and they were, you know, trying to escape and all that. And he's done just some amazing stuff. So he's producing my show and our plan is to get X amount of shows under our belt. And now we're starting to look for sponsorships. And once we, you know, get that going, we, um, he's got many platforms that it's already been approved for. iHeartRadio included. I think yes. there's about 15 different platforms. So it'll be making the rounds and as people find us, as they learn about us and, you know, and you too, anybody that you think we should interview, give a, you know, give a platform yeah. to, we would love that. So that's what we're doing. I'm kind of calling all of my old contacts from my fairy world. Um, like obviously you were from that world and um, getting, I never thought of myself as being from the fairy world, but oh, yeah, absolutely. Nice? I have like a whole kind of dossier of all the people I met as when I was fairy and when I was becoming fairy and that those are my special peeps, you know, those are my, those are the ones I clo close to my heart. And uh, I knew that one day when things got better for me, I could reach out to you guys and you would still be there for me. And voila. And we are. <laughs> and you uh, are. You ran into my nephew, my nephew-in-law, I don't know how many years ago. Oh my gosh. He, at the San Diego Love and Autism. And he was there for a roofing conference, but he ran into and I don't know how you two struck up a conversation and then realized that you had me in common. It was hilarious. I was in the fairy costume. Yes. Believe me, he texted me and he I said- I think a, I scared him a little bit. I was I kind of excited and intense. And I get kind of intense and I think I don't I think you him scared him. I think he thought it was hilarious. He was like, Shannon, a fairy came up to me and told me she knew you. And I instantly knew who he was talking about. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, Okay. Uh, so that, I thought yeah. that was really funny. That's really uh, interesting because at that particular conference, it was, if I, I may tell, kind of digress a little bit, I have kind of a funny story in that conference. So I was so excited and it was my very first time being in the fairy costume at an actual autism event. Oh, and I, and I didn't really know what to do with myself. And they said, well, just kind of stand there and be fairy and, you know, talk about your books and whatever. Well, there was many people like myself on the spectrum and it was someone's birthday. And someone came up to me and said, oh, my God, we know you do voice terminals. You want to go up on stage with these guys and sing happy birthday? Okay. And I was so excited. And I was like in the bathroom practicing me, 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 you know, the whole yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. And then now, now, granted, all of these other people were like teenagers kind of, you know, young yeah. adults. They were younger than me. There was definitely a generation gap. But, you know, I'm in a costume and it was, they, and they all loved me. One of the, one of the young men wanted a photo with me. And his mom is really uh, big in the whole autism world. And he's gone to Rockefeller Center. He sings. Thin okay. man. You might know him. He's okay. been in Rockefeller Center. He sings. Th thin, tall guy. Okay. Well, uh, that describes a lot of people. When, but, we, okay. when we did the picture together, something that happens, the reason I created the program Relationships Are Us, which we were teaching sexual education and relationship building through cosplay. Yeah. For those on the spectrum that were not getting it. Yes. And that was the way to do it was through costumes, right? 
So I said to his mom, oh my God, he'd be such a good candidate for relationships and all this. Well, apparently he got a little excited. Oh, So because of that, one of the directors came up to me and said, Robin, we're so sorry. You can't come on stage and sing. Oh, I was mortified. I I didn't know why. I didn't know at the time why. So it was about two months later that I contacted somebody because I was, I couldn't let it go. I'm I'm trying not to be a dead horse beater, but it really stuck in my craw and it was, I was really hurt. Yeah. And I was almost shunned after that by all the people there. and And then she told me what happened. And she said it was a really crazy Robin. And, you know, and it's not the first time. It's not the first time. Like when I'm out as Robin, the reason I cut my hair short, I don't wear makeup. I dress down. Something about my personality, I just attract him. Yeah. It doesn't even matter. When I was a little girl, I would ask my dad, this guy drove up on a motorcycle and asked me if I wanted to have sex. And I'm like telling my dad this. He's like, quit talking like the fairy. Oh, dear. (laughs) Who's that cute little voice, honey? It it attracts the wrong attention. You don't really understand what you're doing. And so, you know, I've kind of had to deal with this on and off my whole life. And, And so when she told me that, like, that's when it really struck. I need to get out of the costume, get young, pretty cosplayers, which I did. And then I created relationships for us so I could go out and help this young man or people like this. So they could get relationships. So relationships are us was this program that we were doing and we were helping people learn sex education through costume play. Like you take Wonder Woman and Superman and put them in costumes and you'd have like a pool noodle in it and an inner tube, literally like props and a raincoat and all these props. And then you would just have them act out sexual, you know, relationships and and, and interaction and and not just that, but like the art of conversation. And we we would set people up so that they could, um, for example, just talk on the phone, just practice. So we'd have each person would get X amount of people and we'd have a schedule set up so they get to just practice talking to somebody on the phone. And once they got all the pieces together and we could see that they were ready, we would take them to a special Olympics event or an autism conference or Comic-Con or WonderCon or whatever con right? Con in North Carolina. It didn't matter. And they would go out and instead of us getting stalked, cause that's kind of how it started. Like I didn't have 5,000 stalkers. I had 5,000 specials who mistook our kindness and just wanted to get boinked. Oh. <laughs> so we realized they were, they just were uneducated and some of them were on that predator list and stuff. It was so bad. They were oh, uneducated. So Yes. So once they got educated and then we had kind of a litmus to, to see that they were ready, they would go out and they would get their own fairy. Oh, there you go. And it wasn't That's a dating lovely. Story. It was just something to give them tools so they knew how to create. And it could be a relationship like we had this one gentleman who's like a six-year-old brain, 40-year-old body, and his 80-year-old parents are dying. And he scared everybody. So we were able to convince them to do this particular program. And he got to the point where he could learn to feed himself and answer the door and greet the mailman and like go to the puppet shows with the little kids. Cause now he's not scaring them. And so yeah. when his parents passed away, the family that absorbed him absorbed the jolly green giant and not Frankensex. Yeah. Well, that's amazing. Cause I, you know, this is an area that we don't talk about enough. And I think people get a little squeamy, but the, I remember hearing Temple Grandin's mom, Eustacia Cutler, talk about the fact that if you, if you infantil, infant, I can't say the word, infantilize yes, adults infant. on the spectrum and don't teach them about sex, 
then you you reap what you sow That's and right. we have misunderstandings and that we we need to make sure that we are educating our adults as we would anyone that I mean like it's it's a simple little things like we had this one gentleman and I call them always call them Jane and John because I don't want to say people's names but right. so Johnny was in trouble because every time they took him to the mall which is a really big deal a lot of these respite programs and these daycare programs they take them to the mall so they can like spend their little money and go, you know learn how to use money and go to shopping and right. interact socially and all this well this one guy was always in trouble because he would see a pretty girl he would get overly excited he would just run up and hug her and drive on her and did, you know, it didn't, he didn't mean any harm, but he just couldn't control. He literally could not control himself. Yeah. Well, we started working with him and we explained to him over and over and over and just in nauseam. And finally we were able to teach him that when he met someone, give them a space bubble. So there's no contact that way. There's, he's not going to, you know, there's no incident, right? So he goes up to the pretty girl in Starbucks when we're together and he says, hi, I'm Tommy or I'm Johnny. I'm giving you a space bubble. And he puts his arm out. Would you like to have coffee with me? Well, she's like, no, thank you, Johnny. And walks away without incident. Now we've also worked with him that that's not a rejection, that that's her choice. Yes. She just is making a choice. Like he's allowed to choose who he wants to talk to. Yes. Once we got that all out there, now he goes to Comic-Con. Hi, I'm Johnny. I was giving you a space bubble to this beautiful, beautiful little girl that was dressed in Pokemon. They're married now. Oh, amazing. But when you say little girl, you mean, you know. I mean a young woman. I'm almost yes. 60. Everybody yes. under 30. I just want to be clear because I don't want to no, get I male. Meant like, you know? Yes, yeah. I meant like a younger yes. adult as well. Yes. She was yes. small and petite and real cute. Oh. I think she was like 28 and he's like 40. There we go. So mm-hmm. it worked out beautifully that's and a great she, story and she never had a boyfriend and her parents would oh. never let her and so she was having issues because she was so pent up and yeah. so once we got that all straightened out they live in mom and dad's bed sit they both work for i think they both work in fast food and they're married and they boink like bunnies and the government's not involved and everybody's happy and safe and there we go so this is the kind of thing or like where you have people that are so overly uh, into a topic like electricity or Disney princesses or whatever. So we called, we, we created something called friend chat. So we get people from online that are like old, like electricians that are retired in a, in a chat room or people that are Disney freaks or whatever. And we match them up to a person that this person, and I literally had this young man in his twenties who all he wanted to talk about was electricity and the dynamics of electricity and, and, and the nuances. And like, he could speak it like Einstein. So we found this old guy that was retired that every month for two hours, they would talk about electricity. Yeah. And the mom told me that it was the most amazing thing because he wasn't talking to everybody else about it anymore. Yeah. Cause he had an outlet. He had an outlet. And so we, and then people were really worried because like, oh, what if they start talking about other things? So we had it set up so that if they ever talked about anything except for what the thing was that the person says, okay, and they call, they hang up the phone, they call that person's, you know, circle or team or parent and they say, okay, here's a red flag. That way there's no, you know, issues because everyone's like, oh, what if they do this? And what if they do that? No. So we kept it real clean and tight and tidy and had real success with things like that. And, and even though the charities disbanded, I, every once in a while, will get like a DM or a text or something. Oh, I'm still talking to Diana or I'm, you know, still, thank you so much. Or so I think we had to date before we disbanded 15,000. And so will you do this again? Because it seems like it was a great thing. It is. And and my sister had to move to Arizona and it really kind of messed me up. You know, Paul Smith. 
Paul and uh, Meg Smith. They worked with Judy Mark. They were working yes. with her children and uh, with her son, I mean. And um, yeah, and, and Judy Mark's the one who said, Robin, no, I don't care what, you have to make that program. Because I told her about it at a meeting at one of the regional centers in LA years ago. Yeah. And then I'm at a conference for the uh, a Judy Mark conference um, all about, um, uh, what is it? The money's... Uh, I don't know the programming where people get make a team and then they get funded and then they can independently go out and do their own, you know, ah, self-determination. Oh, self. Yes. Okay. And Andy at the time was the autism speaks uh, president. He overheard me talking to somebody. He was interested in the program. And then Paul and May came up and said, Robin, he's not going to help you. We're going to help you. (laughs) And they did. And we started it and it was, it was quite exciting, you know, so we want to do it again. Um, it will require some major funding. You can't, this is a program that you cannot do on zoom. So COVID just ripped it apart, you know? Um, but Stephen Gaber hung in there with me. I did it with him on zoom because he's much more high functioning and he's still to this day is like, when are you going to be a coach again? But really I'm a, I'm a director. I'm the creator and not like to say I'm the boss or whatever, but like my girl, she's like, you're the queen fairy, you know, you're the boss fairy. There you go. And, and, and I have to delegate cause I want to try to do everything, but I can't always. Yeah. So once my show, yes, that again, brilliance on the spectrum. Yes. It's got the accreditation and the, and the acclaim and the funding. That's when I'm going to be able to start really doing some good. Amazing. Well, I just am so excited for you. And I'm so glad that we had the opportunity to have you on this decade. And uh, we'll have to have you back on again. But we want everybody where well, should they look starting uh, on iHeartRadio for brilliance on this? No, now, here's the thing. Here's we're going to have a launch date. So if you go on, I have a website, I have a Facebook page, we have a YouTube channel, it we're it my, my, my producer's on vacation because you know, summertime. So yeah. when he gets back, we are going to have that launch date. I'm going to email okay. like all of you guys, my launch date, okay. and then you can maybe start, you know, sharing that with the we world. And then one that. more thing I wanted to tell. So yes. I'm no longer at that program I was in, but I am working with a woman named Kira Corser. She has something that everybody in the world should know about. And I just want to plug her real quick. Sure. They're the wellness project for children. These are books that are written beautifully illustrated, all these little stories. They use animals and children, and they are books for children that are going through severe illness. Not only do they help the children learn breathing techniques and coping skills, but they have guides in each one for the medical providers, the caregivers, the staff, the nurses, and they're super poignant and super good and helpful. They've been going around the world for quite a while. She's just revamped and rewritten all of them and brought them all up into the 21st century. And they're just gorgeous books. And now there's puppets and there's videos that go with all of this. But the Wellness Project for Children with Kira Corser, I am doing, I'm editing her videos and that's my new job right now. And um, because I'm also, you know, editor on behind the scenes. Um, but so that's very exciting. And, and so if anybody has, knows anyone in the medical profession, the wellness project for children is just really near and dear to my heart. And I, I believe it's wonderful. And it also got the fairy back out because I actually got to dress up as fairy recently and go bust out and promote her books and get to do storytelling with these books. So wonderful. And, and then, and then Joey Travolta has said, I can send all of my 
creations and he will take a look at my materials. And that is super exciting. It is. I love Joey. I always say Joey's the real deal. He really Uh, is. And he's being patient with me. And so those are, that's it. That's all the news. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Well, uh, we want people to check out when it's, we'll let you know when it's ready, but the Brilliance on the Spectrum podcast, uh, really, I had a good time being on your show and I'm sure your other guests did too. So we'll look forward to all of that. Robin, thank you so much for being with us. All right. Thank you so much. Uh, You take care. We're going to take a pause and we'll be back with, to finish. Uh, so thrilled to have her and Harry here on the show programming note. We would just want to remind you that our next live show, what did you tell me? It's the 12th of September. Is it really that late? 12th of September, uh, with ask Dr. Doreen. So a little bit of a hiatus, but you know, tons of content for you guys to go through and then we will be back and got some amazing things in store coming up. It's going to be a really good time. So until then, give your kiddos a hug for me. I hope everybody has a safe and wonderful and restful Labor Day weekend. Uh, But uh, until we come back, until then, give your kiddos a hug for me and one for you too. Bye-bye for now. If you found anything helpful in this video, please give us a like. In fact, make sure that you smash that subscribe button on YouTube and give us a like on Facebook.